transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Lord, it's that time. It is about to happen. Bowie. That's right, Bowie in house. We're gonna leave that in. Oh, probably. Probably. Most likely. Why? Because old heart radio doesn't edit very well. Why? Because I don't have time to. What Why? Because I do this for free. What does Jared do? Haphazardly put echoes in everything. To be honest, all the echoes in most of the shows like, are from a different episode. What so, the fuck? <laughs> so like, at one point in time, I put it in there, and I just fucking forgot it was there. And so now it just hits something random every time Every time we I put a new audio track in. Do you want us to I actually have, take the time to edit? I have very little control over this, people. <laughs> do you want Jared and potentially myself to take extra time to edit and make sure these podcasts are as fine-tuned as possible? Well, then you need to donate some fucking money. Should we do a little... Somebody, uh, somebody, somebody pay me. Yeah, we got the Venmo on the uh, on the link tree. <laughs> why don't we just... Pay me. Why don't we just start with the call to action? How about that? Because nobody... Everybody likes few things more than being told to do stuff right when they're listening to something. Have you ever felt felt like a piece of meat wrapped in a casing? Have you ever felt like getting being a little more? You could dip yourself in some boiling water and boil yourself on up like a real hot dog and let us batter you up. There you go. Like you a real go. corn dog. If you want to become a corn dog. That's all Please. fucking nonsensical. <laughs> Nobody's been following on this. this <laughs> who's this other jackass talking about fucking hot dog? There, uh, if you want to be a corn dog, though, you got to go and uh, subscribe on YouTube. You got to follow us on social media. That includes Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's Old Heart and Space. You got to go onto Spotify. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Oh, yeah. Like the show. Give us a rating. We got a five star review. The uh, We got a five star review? Yeah. Which one of our friends put it there? <laughs> Uh, probably Kate. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, if you enjoy the show, be, that's all the support we'd like to ask of you. Just tell some friends. Yeah. We enjoy doing this. We, we don't ask for much. We don't ask for much. We're just telling you to fucking listen to the podcast. <laughs> all right. We've been making this shit for a while now. There's tons to dig into. Like a lot of weird shit. A lot of like, you know entertainment based shit there's a there's a lot of me ranting there's like three years worth of podcasts of me <laughs> ranting so you know get along get as we as we type you know get it on you know uh what is really entertaining <laughs> what's that listening to me get absolutely rinsed on under further review hey man sometimes <laughs> and the boys can attest to this the council can attest a cleansing uh, needs to happen every now and then apparently i was so fucking upset by that mm. not didn't take it personally but i was like these motherfuckers didn't appreciate my playlist <laughs> it didn't make me question my taste it made me question why i recommended certain things and i went home and in what i can only describe as a slightly vindictive yet also incredibly righteous rage like immediately created another playlist <laughs> hey man that's it like it you know if it's a <laughs> I feel like that'll happen probably as we keep going with that. Some people might be just like, well, shit, man, I got to get them fucking back. Like, <laughs> I got to win them over. That's the thing. Like, you could put 
like that's the fu- the fun about like asking people to build playlists. There is like we don't ask for like any control over what you put on there. Like yeah. everybody, every time I ask, people are like, "Well, what what should I like build it around?" And I'm like, "Whatever the fuck you want." It's really. your taste. It's your taste. You could even not even do your. You could do, you could make uh, you could uh, a your theme. own guilty pleasures playlist, or yeah. you could put like an all boy bands playlist there <laughs> and make us suffer. Like that's the thing. Like we're gonna listen to it and judge you judge it either way. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's, it's a blast. Fun. And the council has, we all have a fucking blast doing it. It was a, it was a, it was a good time. Even oh, yeah. though I left and went, these, these fucks. These, these damn bastards. These bastards. You know, I really enjoyed it for the review. You all recording the 20th episode, big milestone. It's going to be coming up in a few days, probably after this. Big 2-0. Big 2-0. Any, uh, what's on Whack Arnold's this week? Ooh. Uh, oh yeah. The Whack Arnold's. I mean, we're doing, um, a uh, 80s movie horror movie retrospective. So it's Fun. like a it's like a three part. It's it's gonna be the next three episodes of that show. Cool. Uh, we're breaking it down by years. So it's like we start out with 1980 through 82. Uh, then we go you know 83 through 86, 86 through 80, uh, 89. Yeah. And uh, it's just because it's a huge year for horror or a huge decade for horror. Yeah. So uh, there was a, a huge growth of the genre at that point. Yeah. And so it's a. Uh, it's going to be a really uh, fun kind of break from the norm with those, you know. And as the resident wuss, uh, I just uh, co-host the fucking blockbuster show here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I mean, horror is like a it's it's a particular thing. Like, not, it's not a, it's not for everybody. Oh. And, you, and we talk kind of about that on on this the next episode coming up because it's like there's some pretty fucking polarizing movies on the list that we oh, talk yeah. that we talk about there. So so corn dogs, you got a lot of shit to listen yeah. to. Exactly. After listening to this podcast, because let's be real, Mandate Edition is the one you're here for. You're <laughs> listening to it right now. You better be here for it. Hey, <laughs> you know how we start the show usually? Hey. Not to not to get not to get uh, sample after sample. How do we start the show? Um, it's the gaming minute. What do we got? Welcome, folks, to uh, welcome, folks, to the uh, gaming minute here with uh, Lucas and Jared at Mandate Edition and Old Heart Radio. Um. I'm watching. I'm watching Parks and Rec, and I'm. It's like the the fucking uh, the public radio voice. Oh yeah, filling in for such and such, filling in for such and such. Uh, Clint Lipmore. <laughs> no, yeah, that I mean, it is pretty standard. Like you hear it every morning on NPR. It's, oh yeah, it's very real. I think. Uh, <laughs> no, but gaming minute. Um, the the gentleman on order for the review have played the game. I've talked about it multiple times, but as of today, the Destiny 2 expansion, The Witch Queen, is released. Mm. I played mm. it before coming in recording. It's very fun. It is, like, very, like, kaiju monster heavy. Yeah. Looking. Which is interesting. It's, like, always kind of fun to see that shit. Yeah. So. so I think. Uh, so, it's, like, they're, yeah, they're, like, a mixture of, like, the Flood and like other sorts of like horror monster exactly. kind of looking things, you know? Yeah. This, uh, the hive or what it's kind of, and also they fucking, cool. they introduced glaives as a new weapon type play with them this morning. Very fun. Glaive, like a fucking, like a spear with a shotgun on the end. Ooh. Yeah. Fuck shit up. Yeah. I think when the brain, there's an evolution of gameplay going on here as well. Because you're fighting people, the, the, the hive somehow managed to grasp control of the same abilities you have. Fun sequence here. The supers from either side hitting each other over and over again. Interesting, man. Yeah. Which is this fucking... I've said it before when looking at 
this expansion and like the other promotional material. But it's like that's a Ooh. fucking crazy thing in Destiny. Look at that shit. Okay, and also, this okay. is I think one thing that I find that I really have to admire Bungie for is they've come up with a storytelling method that is incredibly unique in the gaming space that has like allowed them to build up characters over a long period of time and make it incredibly satisfying. Mm. Like the witch queen, Savathun, who is the fucking the monster at the end there. Yeah. She um has been hyped up for like six years. <laughs> and it's just been like we've there have been like these little things that she's been pulling the strings, but she's been keeping she's herself been keeping hidden herself. away. Yeah. And essentially like a year ago they said all of this is building up to Savathun finally emerging and she's gonna knock over a bunch of dominoes. All the stuff that she's been setting up is okay. going to just sort of cascade into her leading her own expansion finally as nice. a ma major antagonist. Hell yeah. So yeah, and, th and that that's, that's what this is? Yes. So it's been hyped up for a long time and it's a character that everyone in the Destiny community has been really excited to see, if, especially if you know, like myself, you're a fucking lore nerd. You can lore it, nerd. It becomes incredibly it becomes incredibly exciting. Their their storytelling model for the past few years has been like major expansion and then quarterly new story. Okay, yeah. And it's like in those quarterly releases, it's like week to week there's like a new story quest that takes like a couple hours that you can just knock out in like one sitting and you get a huge chunk of new narrative development. Nice. So, and it's, and it really allowed them to create an interesting serialized story that builds up between releases where there's no real like downtime it keeps players engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would, it would just keep you kind of coming back and exactly. like, keep your attention. Even if it's not the primary thing you're playing, it's like, you can just sort of step in once in a while and be like, Oh, I have a ton of like cool story stuff to go into. Yeah. Especially in a wide universe. I think I was mentioning this to you before we recorded destiny's for the true believers right now. It's like, it's intimidating how much shit there is in the game and it's free to play, which is a blessing and a curse because people can just sort of hop in, not really knowing what the fuck to do. What does that, and does that like screw with it does what's going on? It's, it's I, I've, we talked about the the vaulting of content a while back where they at, they took parts of the game that were like five-ish years old out mm -hmm. because they weren't serving a purpose other than making the newer stuff buggy and and or breaking the game. Yeah, which I mean might not be bad if it's like gonna screw you know if it's screwing up like the overall gameplay. Yeah, and it's yeah I I agree with that, but, but it also gets rid of like some of the things you want. Yeah, right? and because of that, one of the one of the byproducts of that is that it's made it very difficult for new players to like sequentially understand everything. Mm. Enough so that they added like a timeline of events that you can go to in the in like in the menu. You are here. <laughs> exactly. Where you can essentially go back and like read up on what's happened. Okay. People still get fucking lost because yeah. there's so much shit. Because there's so much at this point. As somebody that's played since like day one in 2014, because I was like, the these are the Halo guys. This mm -hmm. like that's I, I have uh, quite a reverence for Bungie. them. Bungie, Bungo. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have quite a reverence for them as developers, and I played from day one, and I've like came and went through the whole time, but enough yeah. that I never really lost track of the overarching narrative. Mm. It's I'm I'm down. Can I recommend it to everyone? No, but that's that said, I'm totally gonna try to get the under further review guys into it. You can talk to the council. I gotta get I gotta get the council on. I'm definitely gonna get you on if I can get the council. 
Maybe, man. I mean, it, like, the, the, it's one of those games like you were just talking about, though. It's like it, it. There's so much to it that you have to like put attention to it if you want to get out of anything yeah. out of it. And I and, think uh, it's yeah. I do. I do think it is rendered more approachable if you know people that are into it, mm-hmm. and you can have somebody sort of like guide you in while like all these game systems are getting thrown at you. I'll say it. For, it's, on, it's on my PS4. For there you go. For the for the uh, people that don't are just like, oh, I'm gonna download Destiny. Don't know anyone. Don't know any like uh, content creators that spe- specifically like create content about the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, how the fuck am I supposed to do anything? I don't know what's going on. You're just in a big wide world all on your own. Exactly. That's how it <laughs> feels, man. Well, you know, I mean. Sometimes that's like the mode that's like what people want. They want to dive in onto the unknown. Yeah. Uh, Which I mean, I can see sometimes that that being appealing, but I mean, yeah, it's like uh it's how numbers can't really tell the full story because if you were going strictly off of the amount of content, Destiny's like a ridiculously good deal for a free to play game. Fair enough, yeah. It's cuz yeah, there's so much. But there's mm-hmm. so much that it's like what the fuck am I supposed to do with all of this? Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I'm the case in point. Like, I, I, ke- I keep logging on every now and then, and then I'm like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing at this moment, and then nor do I want to think about it, and so I turn it off. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's definitely one of those games you need to devote time to. You do. That it, said, very satisfying. Games like that, they're either hit or miss, and they have their audiences, or they don't. Yeah. This, yeah, but either way, it looks like it's like this next storyline is going to be pretty fucking epic. Yeah. Just me. wait. I'll do uh, maybe when me maybe when me and Kate's show finally uh, – Gets on the air. Maybe I'll do an episode. Throw like some uh, soft music in the background and uh, well, do go. like an eight-hour-long episode about the history of the Destiny universe. <laughs> you have to break that one up into parts. Nah, uh, <laughs> one take. <laughs> I just sat down and just went for it. Yeah, full full work day. That'd be just fucking gnar. <laughs> put Gnarly. it up. Zero listens. One v one YouTube. God damn it. Bastards. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so one more final thing with the gaming minute. Mm-hmm. What what is the most iconic franchise in video game movie like adaptations right now? I, I really don't know. Um, what? Sonic the Hedgehog, sir. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, so ahead okay. of the release of Sonic Two, <laughs> uh, like, ahead of the release of <laughs> ahead of the release of a uh, fucking. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, um, they've confirmed there's going to be a third movie and a Knuckles TV show with Idris Elba continuing to do the voice. My God. They're already... <sighs> here, comes, here, here comes negative Jared. They're already beating this horse to death. I enjoyed the fucking first Sonic movie. I Not did. a bad movie. It was actually entertaining. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to once the Sonic 2 hits streaming to watch it because I'm not going to go to the theaters to see no. it. No. Uh, but, like... Like they're already banking on like the second one being a success that they're gonna cast a sh- you know start working on a show and it's like nobody even asked for a fucking show at this point. No, you don't even know if the second one's gonna take. You don't even know if the characters are all gonna do well enough on screen together that yep. they're gonna be like, yes, please give us more. You're just banking on people wanting Idris Elba's voice. Yeah, and though that is great and better than my own, <laughs> I, w- I, I will say, it's like. Was it? I, I was don't know. It, it's just it like you you're jumping said, the fucking gun, man. Was it you that said a while back that like there's some like fucking mom bring her kids to the theater that's like, ooh, Idris Elba's in this. Oh, you know it, man. Like you know, some mom is going to the theater just, just to like 
hear the know, sultry voice store that in the bank i idris elba's voice stored in the bank for you know some other time you know <laughs> and and the, the you know it's just it's got it's got a lot of appeal i, I want to watch it because jim carrey's funny as fuck like oh I'm yeah not, i'm not going there for james Mardson or whatever the fuck his <laughs> name is that played cyclops like, like oh my god i forgot that you know him. i'm going i'm not i'm going there for the 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 like Sonic 2 homage and Jim Carrey. Like, like <laughs> You know, a lot of people, when uh, a while back there was a rumor that Jim Carrey was going to be in like a Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It was like Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man 3, I believe. I it, mean, it, there's been so many wild, like, I mean, just the, like, like Bill Murray. is the it. Bill Murray one I think made everybody convinced that Jim Carrey was going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think uh, people were like, yeah, I mean, Eggman is sort of like he can use some of that and you got a reasonably good MODOK. You could, yeah. I mean, I still just maintain, like, especially with the Modoc character, just a complete random note. Like, they should just continue. Well, they already cast Patton Oswalt as, as uh, Pip, but yes. they should have like used him as Modoc as well, well because he did such a great job in the series. He's doing a voice for Pip. Yeah, they, they could just do a different voice. I know? mean, not really. Like, I, not, I guess you're right. Not really, because you know, once you kind of have your distinct voice on a character, like you can't, you can't use Vin Diesel for somebody other than Groot in the Marvel universe. But they were going I mean? to, because they're fucking. Yeah, they were going to do Black Bolt. <laughs> yeah, give it. I mean, that would have been fu- just fucking on the nose and really great, though. It would. It would be. It would be funny. But yeah, I don't know. Like they just released some like new posters for Sonic Two, and like the promotion looks cool. The trailer looks like it's going to be another fun movie. Yeah. So like it is something to you know, to like I said to watch eventually. But uh, what's the what's the old heart radio barometer? It's like this looks better than Morbius. <laughs> yeah, I guess if Morbius is at the bottom, if Morbius is at the bottom, then what would be at the top? Like I don't know, No Way Home. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like just for just in like trailer hype, you know? Yeah. I like mean, how excited you get for a movie based on a trailer. It's definitely more hype. I get, I, I just feel so weird saying it. it's more hype for Sonic two than, than Morbius, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, mainly because there's just zero interest in that fucking movie. Like, Enough, enough. I was reminded the other day that Tyrese is in that movie, and I was like, God, that gives me even less of a fucking reason to want to watch it. Like, <laughs> for me, it gives me slightly more of a reason to want to watch it. Oh, God. Because Tyrese dude. is ridiculous. Tyrese is a fucking tool, and that's why he works so well in Fast and Furious. Uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, the only Fast and Furious news we've had lately is that Jason Momoa might be in Fast 10, which is awesome. Bowie has thoughts. I know, Bowie. It is kind of disheartening. Uh, I want to know where where they're at with that fucking movie, man. Dude, maybe he's gonna be recasting Hobbs. Oh, Bozy and his Brock on how? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna chog with you, man. Uh, that that would be really funny to me. Like that was my immediate thought. Like I was like, what if they just tried to recast Hobbs? <laughs> but but Jason Momoa's not it. Who but who? Jason would be... Momoa definitely wouldn't do that though, because that's also like replacing the rock well it's like replacing an, an indigenous actor with an indigenous indigenous an indigenous actor and yeah. like i don't think that they would do like he would be like that cool with it because jason momoa genuinely seems like uh i don't know a good person yeah and i think he'd probably look at that as being like this is fucking shady so yeah. it's got to be a new character that that's all i'll say but who would who would actually be be better if they wanted to recast hobbs recast hobbs i've <laughs> it's like it's a role that was like (laughs) just specifically for fucking the rock at basically after after the first movie he was in it was written for the rock speaking of actors playing two roles i wouldn't vin diesel vin diesel vin diesel as hobbs (laughs) yeah yeah dude that would be the ultimate just (laughs) ultimate throwing punches he's just throwing punches at himself (laughs) 
who wins that like you know he has contractually obligated like fight like wins in fu- certain fight scenes or his character doesn't oh, get fucked up as dude, much it's like it's like sentry versus hulk they just fight to a standstill yeah exactly <laughs> the only person that can stop uh what vin is, diesel what? yes vin diesel is vin diesel uh, toretto <laughs> yeah dom toretto one in the same of the, you, you <laughs> fast and furious you can say everybody's actor's name i honestly didn't yeah, realize who that like their character Tej was not just named Ludacris for years. <laughs> like, is that Luda's real name? <laughs> so his character is Luda, and uh, his real name is Ludacris. He was an right? undercover rapper <laughs> <laughs> who knows tech yeah. stuff. <laughs> just, yeah, he's known all this. Yeah, Ludacris knows all that tech stuff. It's that's based on real life. Like, yeah, you 100%. heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but then at but, the same at the same time, if I ever see the actor that plays Han, mm-hmm. his name is just Han. Well. Or actually, his canonical <laughs> name in Fast and Furious. Do you, do you, know, do you know his full name? Isn't, it's like yeah, like Han. It's it's like Han Solo or whatever. It's right? Han Solo, like the city. Low. Mm, yeah. Ha. Well. Fucking funny. You know, he just needs a good blaster by his side, and that's hey. He'll be oh, he'll be fuck. set, man. He'll it's be a set. shame there's no Kenobi no- news because that would be a great segue. Yeah, man, I'm still hurting on that on that lack of Kenobi. I, I saw this. You know, I'll say this. There's this interesting like fan poster going on around on Twitter right now, and it's like, uh, like it shows kind of like a desert, you know, Tatooine desert, uh, sort of you know setting, and Obi Wan's like standing in front of like this you know star destroyer that's like coming at and there's like a bunch of you know troops around and yeah some people are like oh yeah dude like that's this would be fucking epic and it's not what i want exactly like and i was just looking at that and like that was my like i agree with some people that were talking about that and i was just like, like i was just like i don't want that out of an obi-wan I, movie like there's never precedent for him like taking on the emperor the no. empire post you know, you know uh, fucking revenge I'm, of the sith and so I, I i liken what i want from obi-wan more so to a uh to like mad max not like in the fact that he's fucking crazy but like i think the the like pseudo uh anthology stories where mad max just sort of stumbles across a random group of people and mm-hmm. chooses to help them mm. i think that's very obi-wan like having like sort of being in uh being in exile just sort of getting help where he needs it yeah some kind people i do think you might see some of that like uh mm, sort of like samurai wanderer vibe yeah which would be really interesting. Totally. Um, Likens to some of the inspirations of Star Wars. Exactly. And and I think that that would be, a, I mean, a very interesting element to include in like the, the place that that character is at. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, oh, actually, there is a piece of Kenobi news. Huh? They cast young Leia. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that's like i forget the girl but she's like she's like a like an eight-year-old i think so yeah i mean that'll that'll be that'll be i wonder what they're gonna include princess leia with you know it's gonna run the risk of like i know i know there's like leia knows who obi-wan is and uh, yeah because because uh, because of like uh her like adopted father yeah and he's in it as well the the actor that played him in rogue one and in the prequels that's fucking cool i always like i love when they do that you know that's cool for it um i mean in rogue one senator amadala or not amadala senator uh fucking wow why am i blanking on it i thought it was amadala no that's princess amadala that's those natalie portman's character oh yeah you're right Uh, Organa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. Amadala, Organa, you know. Yeah, Bail Organa. I just know that guy from Sons of Anarchy, but yeah, you know. I never got into that show. 
Uh, it's like really good in like up until the last couple seasons. And then uh. it, it doesn't get bad, but it gets so ridiculous that you're, it cheapens itself. Fair enough. Yeah. Like you've gone to, you've gone over the top. Because it bit. starts <laughs> with like, oh, like gritty crime drama, mm-hmm. you know, motorcyclers, they're sort of yeah. edgy, they're pieces of shit. But then by Whoa. the end, it's like, like spycraft and you know, uh. that type of shit it's going off the rails. Everyone's dying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> government corruption it's like this is a motorcycle club fuck off how do we get here (laughs) hey uh ron perlman is fucking incredible in that show though oh oh no (laughs) well i'll move that don't worry about that uh Uh, when jared moves this you're not gonna be able to hear it but the theme song just started playing so we thought man we're already done um no that's a fun show if you have nothing else to watch you know i'm yeah i guess i've there's been multiple times that I've just passed up watching it. So. I mean, it's definitely a vibe. I watched it because my parents are watching it and I was living at home and I was just like, I have nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, what else is good? What is that? Oh, you know, I wanted to talk about, I was thinking about this last night while we were watching the episode. We haven't talked about the righteous gemstones at all on this show. Have you watched any of that show? No. It's on HBO. It stars Danny McBride and... Um, my God, John Goodman. Oh, wow. And uh, it's about like, you know, they play, both of them play characters that are in a family of like people that own and run a mega church. Huh. And it's like corrupt as shit. There's like yeah. crazy shit that goes on. Um, it's fucking awesome. And it has, uh, what's his name? Adam from um, Workaholics. Uh, Adam Devine or what? Yeah, Levine yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. Levine. Which one is it? Levine's Ad, the guy Ad, from Maroon 5, right? Adam Levine is the guy. The, from... Levine. Yeah, yeah, from Maroon yeah. 5. That dude's a douche. But the guy <laughs> the, the guy from uh, Workaholics, he's he's in it. And, yeah. you know, Adam Levin. Yeah, he plays he plays like a really fucking like, weird character named Kelvin, who's like the youngest uh, sibling. Hmm. But in, So what was in, it? The Righteous Gemstones? Yeah, Righteous Gemstones. I'm surprised you haven't heard about it. I haven't heard about it at all. Oh, yeah, dude. There's been so much hype. It's on like, season two right now, and it's about to wrap up. Season one was fucking crazy. Season This this season's awesome, too. And cool. it definitely leaves you with some really cool edges. But it's uh, it's one of the better shows on HBO right now. That so seems you definitely like got to right check it out if you're using it. for comedies. It, it's, yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's a great idea i think and you know it comes from danny mcbride himself cool uh, you know who wrote it and i think he's i I can't speak to it but i think he might have directed at least a couple episodes yeah but you know he nails his character as always um yeah just really fucking solid really solid cool but yeah uh so it's like that being said the other thing that just kind of wrapped up on hbo i was gonna make a segue earlier but we sort of uh flowed into other subjects um Jason Moa, fucking Peacemaker. Yeah, Peacemaker finale. No shit. That was a good episode as well. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was It was solid. I, th- I would say... Not the best episode. I'd say the, the episode right before it was, was like, um, like a little bit better in some ways. Yeah. Um, mainly because you get so much heavy character development, I feel like. And um, I think it's something you really want from some of the characters at this point. Well, I mean, you get character development from Peacemaker in the last episode, second to last episode. But well, I this, feel, I feel like finales where it's not like a actual finale for a series are very difficult to nail. Yeah, because they did just get. We got to mention that it did. Peacemaker did get picked up for the second season, which is like, it's not it's, a surprise because it's been yeah. wildly popular. But it, it's a little bit of a. Like, it's a good move. I think if they continue to keep up the momentum that they do, they can't pull off, like, as weighty of a story, I think, for second the second season. Yeah, but, I don't know. 
difficult to say at yeah, this point. But it's well, because it's like you do so much in this first season, not expecting it to be a second se- have a second season, and so it's like you got to really like rack your brain and see like where do you go right no, now with got, these characters. You've you know? got Peacemaker still fucking traumatized. You saw, yeah, you saw the whole deal with. Um, but like some of these characters, you can t- I just feel like you can tell weren't meant. They don't have that longevity. for like more. You know, yeah, they were meant for like the story arc that that they had. I here. get it. I don't. I I wouldn't be surprised if we uh if fucking uh, Abadayo has gone. Yeah, that that that's one in particular. Like, I mean, I I wonder. Because I wonder she, if they got like she fucked Waller. <laughs> yeah, she pulled a fucking Black Widow there. Like, yeah, you she know did. what I mean. And I guess like that's going to be one of the interesting things to see in the second season. You know that cliffhanger, um, as well as like, you know. Just seeing what the fuck Peacemaker and Vidger are about, but the the finale itself, very fun episode in my opinion. You know, it's not like it wasn't like I said, not the best, but it's difficult for those kinds of episodes to be a finale, the uh, or to be like the best episode of the series. I think overall, the big set piece was awesome. Them all gunning down the fucking butterflies while the theme song played was Epic super moment. fun to watch. Epic moment. The realization of like the butterflies actual motives was also interesting and a good sort of uh challenge to peacemaker's own ideology yeah but i like that he was just like humans first (laughs) (laughs) it was very like on point for peacemaker but then you could also see they 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 briefly at the end were like he was he was conflicted about it oh for sure i mean he he did empathize with their ideology and was able to understand where they were coming from even though he he ended up yeah fucking murdering the cow but you know which was awesome which was hilarious i love that it wasn't even him murdering the cow it was uh you know he made somebody murder the cow yeah we'll say uh <laughs> which what, what was the fr- what was, it was like what was it human the, torpedo yeah human torpedo that was the helmet okay <laughs> i was like Dude, he sends Abadayo through the fucking hu- through the cow with a human torpedo. I love that it's like her, you know, she uses it once and like Miss bonks it. against the wall or whatever. Abadayo, no! Yeah. And then she's, she's like discombobulated and still getting up. He's like sends her flying through the fucking alien cow yeah. thing. Which, what a, what a weird design for that, fu- for the cow. Oh man, that, that, that thing one was, tooth. I think it was like, yeah, I think it was gnarly looking. It, was, it looked like it was suffering. Oh, for sure. You know, like, th- I'm. it's, like, probably for the best that they just killed that thing. It, it, it probably was, like, just, yeah, it was probably miserable just being trapped there and getting yeah. constantly milked. Hey, but, I mean, hey, fucking, if there's one thing that we can say, it's that Peacemaker and Vigilante have their work cut out for them because Evergreen needs a whole new police force. <laughs> That's the wild thing. If you think about, like, how many butterflies infected like that, you know, all those yeah. officers, everybody, like. All the fucking inmates as well. How are you going to explain, like, all those people dying? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like to, like, the public that doesn't know about the butterflies. To, Dude, if that was one wall, of my questions about Stranger Waller, Things Season 3, know? which we'll get into Stranger Things later. Yeah, we do have some of that, man. But when the, all the people fucking melted into the big monster, yeah. it's like, that's a lot of people that just died. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's gonna notice. <laughs> Somebody's gonna notice these fuckers are gone. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking there. I was like, damn, dude, like that's like that's gotta be like a quarter of the town. <laughs> like, I love that I I love the that uh the fucking shield fight that he had. Definitely winking not to Captain America. Yeah, dude. I mean his gigantic ass shield was so fucking cool. <laughs> dude, there were some and also I gotta give him to it. Like we've talked about the practical effects in this show. 
Um, some of the practical wire work they did in that last fight was pretty fucking sick. Like there was one shot where he like pushed a guy up and then they hit him back down with the shield. Oh yeah. You could tell it was all in camera. You could tell it was practical. Just the fucking blood splatter added in. Oh yeah. A lot of, a lot of actual prosthetics were used. This like some snappy cuts for like bodies and stuff. Definitely, man. The, it was in some cases you could tell the butterflies were practical as well. I was really glad that they just kind of kept following through with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's something me and David talk about on the Whack Arnolds all the time. Like practical effects, <laughs> though it's like, it's like you understand why CGI can be like easier to pull some things off with, yeah. you know, like if you can do practical, like it always looks so much better from a viewer standpoint, yeah. I think. Like, well, I think, I think the sweet spot is a lot of nowadays, there are a lot of practical effects or like, um, practical effects that don't directly incorporate something that a human body's capable of yeah. are being like slightly aided or touched up with CGI. And that works really well. Yeah, as long as, as long as it works. Like sometimes, yeah, anyway, it's there's just, a, it's there's just, a sweet spot. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like you can tell when something is overly CGI, and you can tell when something is like a shitty practical. Yeah, and I feel like Peacemaker nailed it, where the scope of what they used practical effects for was appropriate, and it made the show better rather than being like distracting and being like we did that practically. Yeah, you know, totally. Like it's uh. It's definitely like it used they use practical effects to its advantage one hundred percent. Yeah, it's like overall though. I mean, like what a fucking banger of a show! What like, a great show! And I know, love from front to back. It love was the like, Justice League cameo. Yeah, the Justice League cameo was cool. It was funny. Uh, it, was, it was funny. I, I thought it was like it, I would have honestly I would have just like left it with just uh, Aquaman and Flash. Yeah, I wouldn't have included the shadowed Superman and Wonder Woman. I was like, that's just kind of fucking stupid. Like, if they can't make, if they're not going to be in it, just like, just, just you could to, only get these two yeah. on short notice. Yeah, yeah, they were already making a joke about like where the fuck's the Justice League anyway. So send like the two auxiliary members, <laughs> which is, you know, which is funny and it's a great like like wink at all these like solo spin solo series or sh- solo movies. Yeah, it's like. Where the fuck is the super team? Well, it's like, and it's like a, it's a great joke that like always gets made, especially with Marvel, like yeah. Mar- Marvel, because it's like so many superheroes are based in New York that it's always like, where, where is yeah. everybody? Like, <laughs> if the Fantastic Four is fighting somebody, like the fucking Avengers mansions right there, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, that's that was like that was a really cool nod in this in this uh, final episode, you know, where it was, you know, it, and it was just like at first you you know you're like you're okay like, you maybe fucking dickheads yeah at first you're like maybe it's just gonna be like you know like a a shot of them or something like a you yeah. know like just a still shot or really quick or something but like you can tell like they, i think they actually filmed you know they had to have actually yeah. filmed these like brief parts for well, this. i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if the reason that jason momoa and um fucking, fucking ezra miller yeah, yeah. were able to be in it was because they were probably already on the like adjacent sound they're, stages they're both shooting at the moment exactly yeah. they were probably like readily available to do like a little bit totally totally which uh, and i guarantee also their stuff was shot completely separately and they had body doubles for when peacemaker walked by them oh totally so it's like and that little bit was funny too it was it, it was good, such a good yeah. running joke about Aquaman through the series. Definitely, they even made uh, so let's say they they made the Aquaman joke. They made a Green Arrow joke. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they did. I forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, it's like, cool. It it's really cool because it, it it builds uh just builds out the universe and the yep. connectivity so much. Yeah, you know better like in this in these like really quick convenient. And like, you don't question it kind of moments, you know, where it's like, I haven't seen Green Arrow ever, yeah. like on a screen like this. Like, you know, like, you know, no offense to Stephen Amell. But uh, we're familiar <laughs> enough with the character. 
Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's easy to reference and they continue to breathe more life the more they do that shit, yeah. you know? I think that's one of the, one we have talked, I've said it before. It's one of the few things that DC has over Marvel in a lot of cases, or at least had at this mm-hmm. point. They, their characters have been part of the public like discourse because they were fucking huge way before Marvel's characters became as big in like mainstream public disc, dis, uh, discussions, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's, I don't know. It's just a good time to like really try and promote that there is some connected, like they are connected in some way yeah. in this, you know? And so, yeah, I, I just, uh, overall though, like, like I said, definitely a fucking great show. Like a- I think it's, it's, it's going to be cool to see where season two takes these characters. Yeah. Um, Even though I have zero idea what direction they're going to take, yeah. I feel like that's like as much of a blessing as it is a curse. Well, yeah. Cause as a viewer, you're just sort of like, all right, it's a mystery yeah. you know what i mean and that's the fun about like watching a show is that yeah. you don't know what's gonna fucking happen i mean <laughs> like, and and especially a show with in terms of peacemaker yeah he's a dc villain mm-hmm. but you can't in there are way fewer cases where you can be like oh they might do this storyline next it's a lot oh, smaller sure. it's a lot smaller of a character and that's actually one of the reasons why it's a great character to use to start building out the D, the dc eu or whatever the fuck they're fucking, yeah. they're doing you know because there's it, there's there's a history it, it you use you know like his costume is like a very comic accurate costume yeah uh, you know but like he said there's no stakes in his like his storylines yeah. you know nobody's going to be like uh, according to peacemaker uh, 22 uh, like, you know <laughs> and, and you know so it's like you can do what you want with the character you can plug him into like other characters story arcs you yeah. know you can you, you know and you can do you, he's just an open ended character make him a colson point. of sorts oh totally um I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if he, I don't know if he could be as for the, ba- for the as, radar back, stuff. as background as a Colson though. Like that, that Colson was sp- was specifically meant, I think, to just be like that background conduit. Tissue. Like John Cena's breakout performance here mm-hmm. has made him a spot, has given him a spotlight. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that his character could be like in the shadows necessarily, but no. the team he works with could probably. Oh, they're like, gonna do they're more. gonna be the Colsons. And, absolutely. And I, but like Peacemaker, I think will really like. And vigilante, I think those two will go out to like be. Uh, you know, you'll probably flesh out more of the, like what they do solo. You know, vigilante I mean? was a fucking joy to watch in the show. Oh yeah, well, and, and because you know, right off the bat, like people were like knocking it, like Who, who's this, you know, half-assed Deadpool or whatever, and uh, and what was cool about it is that it became a character that had much, uh, much different and. Um, and a, a much a different emotional depth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had different sets of problems. Uh, by, by emotional depth, you mean none? <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing. I yeah, mean, exactly. that's what gives you it. Like you, Deadpool you, is, at least, at least the, Martin, the Ron Reynolds interpretation of Deadpool is a very emotionally driven character. And Vigilante is a sociopath. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's driven by like weird loyalties to certain people. Yeah. And, and then a flagrant disregard for the livelihood of others. Yeah, and you see and you see him start in one place and kind of like it, it it he attaches himself to more people as the yeah. story goes, which is kind of interesting. Um but that being said, he is definitely like a definitively fucking crazy character, oh. you know, holding like a bunch of nurses at gunpoint being like, they saw my face. Should I kill them now? Like, you know, like, it gives you this edge every time you have a good comedic break with him. Criminal. Then it brings you back in with something like, oh, yeah, dude, he does just like killing people. <laughs> um. Oh, dude, I need to look up who the actor was because he was in Harry Potter. Who? The guy that plays Vigilante? Yeah. Uh, um, I don't remember his name either. But yeah, overall. Um, Freddie Stroma. 
is the name of the actor. I'm going to see who he played in Harry Potter because Kate blew her mind. Kate's a total Harry Potter nerd. Well, I wonder who he played. Yeah. I'm, probably somebody fairly inconsequential. Uh, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me see. Harry Potter phrase drama. But yeah, I wonder what the big bad will be for season two of Peacemaker. That'll be kind of the interesting thing to check out. Um. I can't picture what it would be off the top of my head. I mean, Waller's obviously going to probably have more of a role. Yeah. You know, in terms of being an antagonist in this next season. But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what direction they're going. I think, well, I thought the, I didn't, I think the butterflies end up turning into a really effective antagonistic force. Yeah. That weren't outright evil. They end up being a lot more complex than I thought they were. So it'll be fun to see how they follow that up. Yeah, I mean, it'll, I mean it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. The the yeah, because you can't do something like take over the world, you know, back to back seasons kind yeah. of thing. So you got to do like something. I think like it was like a bigger a bigger villain to fight. You got to do something a little more like well, now, close now, to home. Now, you know? Judo Master is the last one standing. He's gonna go for all of them. That's it. He's just gonna he's gonna steal all the flaming hot Cheetos, and Peacemaker's gonna have to fight him for it. <laughs> Give the world their Cheetos back, Judo Master. So, Freddie Stroma played Cormac McLaggen in Harry Potter. One of the fucking... He was the goalkeeper for the uh, for the uh, Gryffindor uh, Quidditch team. Oh. Who Ron beat out. Oh. Well, uh, so he sucked at Quidditch. Yeah, he sucked. Well, no, that's not Ron, true. Ron, Ron had, had the like luck a... on his side. Or Ron fi- didn't... He, he thought he had luck on his side. Did he? Yeah, yeah, because in the in the book, what Harry does is he gets that uh, yeah he gets, that he potion, gets the, potion. The, the Felix whatever it is, and he he pretends to slip it to Ron because because he wants Ron to feel confident. Yeah, and so it's like he purposely like does it so Ron sees him like mm. do something really quick, and then he like Ron like is like oh okay I'm gonna and he slams the drink and he's like let's <laughs> fucking do it you know like let's play Quidditch you know right after that and so yeah. it's yeah it, and it's cool because at the, at the end of it you know it's just like it's literally just Harry like being like nah dude there's all you we like, <laughs> double placebo you know? the uh no Kate picked that up Kate was like I recognize this guy and That's interesting, she yeah. looked it up and she was like he's from Harry Potter just like a, oh god the we didn't talk world we didn't talk Potter. about it much but the Witcher Season two, I re- mm. one of the the fucking um, one of the one of the sorceress act uh, ladies was uh, from Harry Potter as well. Oh. And that blew Kate's mind. But yeah, Witcher season two was was solid, man. It was solid. Uh, I I was thinking we just never really got around to talking it talking about it for Matinee Edition because it released alongside so much stuff. It was oh, like yeah. the same week as Spider Man. Yeah, it, it definitely kind of. Uh... There was like some hype building up to it, and then it got kind of overtaken by other stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was like definitely a middle it, it was act. Solid. You know? I, I would say like it was strange. Like it ended. God damn, this fucking plant is attacking me. It ended <laughs> in a place where I was like, I was surprised that that was the season finale. Yeah. Where I was like, whoa, dude! I thought that we're gonna get like a like a bigger like you know end storyline. Yeah. And, and uh, where it ended was like. It was. A, it was. A pre- it makes sense f- for like them maybe like furthering the story in another season or something, yeah. you know. But it was. It felt like cut off. Almost. Yeah. It definitely felt like uh, it was the the most like it was the first show in a while that I'd seen where I was like, this is definitely not a decisive endpoint. There's more to come. Yeah. You wouldn't be somebody would watch that and be like, 
is there more? Like, is that the end of the season, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. It felt felt like a mid-season break. Exactly. And, you know, I felt like this season was particularly effective at, like, deepening the relationships between characters and Mm. sort of setting the stage for what's to come to a point. Yeah. And then now they're going to be off to the races with a third, and we'll be surprised if the third's, like, the ending to the current story arc that they have going on. Yeah. Because they said there's an eight-season plan, I believe. Which is fucking intense. Man. It's intense. I mean, so, you know, we've, we've mentioned on um, the uh, the Amazon Lord of the Rings show that they're developing. Yeah. Uh, that is, like, apparently there's, like, a, a, you know, internal thing that was, like, Jeff Bezos wants his own Game of Thrones series. Hmm. And so that's been, like, why they've been attempting to do, like, a lot of stuff. That's where this Lord of the Rings project comes from. I feel like The Witcher is, like, their Game of – Netflix's Game of Thrones series. Yeah. But it has a real potential to have a bigger world. You know, people can reference it in other works yeah. if they want. But you can really – it's really accessible the way yeah. they've presented it. And so if they could pull off that many seasons, I wouldn't even fucking well, question it. They're you know already, what I mean? They've already brought in the universe out of it. They did the animated film, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Night of the Wolf. Yeah, and, it, and like, I've, I fell asleep watching it, but – don't let not that because it was bad. It was, not because it, it, was look, bad. it was badass from what I saw. Um, and um, and know. then they're doing a spinoff. I don't know if you uh, saw the trailer for that. Mm-mm. The spinoff. It the, the spinoff trailer was the end credit scene at the end of the second season. It's about the world as the first as the convergence happened and humans came into it. it looks nice. like it's gonna be following a bunch cool. of elves. That'll be really interesting. So like far enough detached that it doesn't. It probably won't have a significant impact on the Witcher's main story. Yeah, but a cool thing for fans that want a bit more. Yeah, build out the world. Yeah, like, exactly. Can, like it gives you the sad, like the gives you your itch in between. You know, the seasons I mean, of the Witcher. This or is something. something you know? What we were talking about making uh, lore and making storylines accessible in Destiny. Talk about this is the fucking way to do it. Now the the Witcher, like they reference all this shit that's happened in the past throughout two seasons. Mm-hmm. Build that mystery, and now they're doing a spinoff series with a completely different cast. For the people that want to watch it, you know? Yeah. If it's big, tons of people will watch it. Get new people into The Witcher. Oh, yeah. But for the, it's going to send the fans. It's going to, you're giving the fans that wanted a bone without, like we talked about the Book of Boba Fett, without sort of making, making the stakes go super into The Witcher proper. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and like, yeah, I think it's a good point. It's, and this, this property is going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to just see as they develop it more and more. Yeah. Um, like, because of that, like, you've had, you know, at this point, you're, 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 you're attached to a lot of these characters. You know, it's it's something that you can, I don't know, you, you, it hasn't overstayed its welcome nearly, I guess, is what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, you're just beginning to really, like, get into this next big, like, you know, series. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those, like, that's why it's, it's interesting to watch as some series get developed, you know, where you think like one season, two seasons, but if there's like a longevity plan, like it's, it's almost interesting to see how they like roll out certain things, like like character relationships and stuff. Dude. And, and the cool reveals that happen along the way that were, might've been like quietly set up without you really piecing it together. I mean, the fucking last scene in The Witcher was the reveal that it's a uh, fucking series dad is leading Nilfgaard. Yeah. 
which I was like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? I know, dude. I was like, I was, like, I was just like scratching my head there. Like, what? Like, <laughs> I blew and, my mind, to and, be honest. You know, and but again, and you're just like, I just want to know how that fucking happened. Yeah. Like, I know. It's like, it's. You're not like, that's fucking weird. You're just like, I don't, like, I don't with, with barely shit, anything about this world. So with that's the shit possible. that's happened in the universe so far, I'm like, yeah, cool. His dad's fucking, her dad's leading the, the bad guys. Exactly. It's like, oh, I'm. I'm down. I'm in there. I mean, it was pretty sweet. And well, I think if there's one, uh, one sort of overarching theme to matinee edition, uh, shit that has a plan is usually a lot better than stuff that's playing it fast and loose. And you know, that brings me, uh, I wanted to bring up, um, the Batman. Okay. Quick. Before, you know, before we go too far, um, mainly because like there's been you know you're at the point with that production where it's just around the corner to drop and so you're starting to see I'm hyped um, I got my know, tickets new, new things kind of like coming out about it and one of them recently was that Paul Dano the guy who plays the Riddler like, yeah. like apparently was like had real trouble like sleeping during the filming of this because oh, his character I just saved was so fucking intense you. and like and, and I was like oh man that's giving me like you know Joker vibes like Heath Ledger vibes you know like like but I mean not not to say that like, Heath, Heath Ledger wasn't the only actor that had fucking trouble with the Joker role but yeah uh, you but know. I think I think well it, it's I think the the Heath Ledger Joker has such a mythos attached to it because of Heath Ledger's death so shortly afterwards and well yeah and I mean, and I mean the the almost like direct uh, tie between him that role and him killing himself yeah exactly I uh, mean it's developed this sort of uh, this sort of uh, narrative around it well and even before that like there you know um, apparently he had reached out to like Jack Nicholson before that and talked to him about playing the role and Nicholson had expressed like that he had went through mental distress you know like really? kind of absorbing that role a bit even Nicholson. Yeah, dude, and Nicholson Nicholson has been known. I mean, that's one of the things he's known for is playing crazy, right? Well, yeah, I uh, I, I just imagine so like, when I think of uh, Batman '89 and his Joker, it's mm. it's a very playful Joker in comparison to like it is. It's a it, but it's a dark Joker. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it which is. is which is interesting. It's it's not as raw of a Joker as Heath Ledger's. Yeah, it's it's more like you said, kind of playful and whimsical. Yeah, but it has. Um, but there's that there's the darker ha- undertones. Yeah, it has more. There's like a more direct maliciousness that his Joker presents. Yes. Um, whereas like he's Ledger's Joker kind of is lashing out of the world. Trying to prove a point. Yeah. Uh, Trying and, to have and, the last and, laugh. Per and se. so, you know, I'm interested because of all this, like I'm interested to see how Paul Dano's character really uh, unravels in the movie because yeah. it seems like he's had, you know, he absorbed that role. Apparently he had some interest, you know, or some input into the character design. Cool. Uh, it was his uh suggestion to like have him wrapped up in plastic because he was like a serial killer of this caliber would be really worried about leaving any sort of evidence behind including like skin oh. cells or well isn't that stuff, you isn't know? the design like looks just like the drawings of the zodiac killer i mean it's not not exi- like not similar like, yeah it's like it's definitely similar it's one of the influences of, of the character cool. which which is cool and like um because the zodiac killer is one of the m- weirdest like Most- fucking most incredible mysteries yeah there's a dude that died recently that like uh like somebody they think that he might have been the zodiac killer now hmm. yeah but whatever i mean mean, that's such a it's a one day that the world will know talk about a cat or or maybe never talk about a uh captivating fucking thing to base your character off of i mean exactly we're talking about like sort of whimsical and playful characters Mm -hmm. that the that sums up the riddler quite well i mean there have been darker takes on it in the comics but based on what like 
most of the iterations of that character that I'm I know of mm. are very like I'm gonna get a leg up on you, Batman. I'm I'm smarter than you, you know. Yeah, I, like like most of his rogues gallery, he has like he like you said, he has like some weighty story storyline moments, and yeah. and he definitely like the Riddler's proved that he's you know one of the only people that can that's been able to deduce Batman's identity and all this shit, and like he deduces it, but then he's like. But it can't be. <laughs> yeah, and that, but that's the thing. It's but like he it's convinces like, himself otherwise. It's like it's weird with this character because like you're like they tell you on one hand that he's like a hyper smart, like really, you know, really deductive person, and yeah. and so like you're like okay, yeah, like it makes sense that he'd be able to get like Batman's ID, for instance. Yeah. But then they turn around and be like, yeah, but he actually doesn't believe it. He, for some reason, he's convinced that the like it's not real or something. It's well, like, it's, it's like, like, but you but you just told me he's like super smart. Like I don't well, get I think it. The bit but is that he's so smart and he questions everything so much that he gets to the deduction and then he's like, well, a, but what if? I mean, it's, to be fair, it's like the same thing that they do with like every Batman character. Who, yeah, like, it makes sense because like they eventually write a storyline where you know somebody discovers his identity and then they're like, wait, uh, wait, Bruce Wayne was just Which, skiing. So I, I mean, they were. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and that's it, also sort of playing off the joke with Hush as well. But the uh, well, yeah. I mean, which I mean, talk about a character. I've said this before on the pod. Uh, talking about a character well due for an adaptation in live action. I want to see Hush sometime. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like there's so much you can do before you get to Hush. Personally, but Hush is a great storyline. Yeah, but, or a good complementary character. Sort of. Not definitely not my de- not. Not oh. my, one of my favorites. Like, Hush is up there. For, I, Hush I is up there say, on my list. I wouldn't even say he's in my top ten. He's probably like a little bit below that, but like it's a it's a cool character. Like it is, and and I think eventually it'll be if there's like more and more successful Batman movies. I think it'll they'll continue to look for storyline inspirations. Yeah, and that will be one of them. I do. You think, know what I mean? I do think if it was the, such a big story. Yeah. If but, if Hush, if there's a phenomenal Hush pitch, I can see mm-hmm. it happening. But it'll have to be like perfect. Yeah, because it's one of those it's one of those storylines where it became such uh like a moment in Batman's history. Yeah. That like you're gonna have those polarizing issues where it's like some fans will be like, "Don't fuck up the storyline." Yeah. And then other fans will be like, "I don't even know what Hush is, so introduce me to the character." Yeah. You know, and and so. You know, it's going to, it'll, it'll be dicey, but I bet you, I bet you, we will see a, a version of it down the road, you know? Yeah. Um, because I mean, this one seems to heavily play on, uh, you know, you know, potentially like a couple of different things. And Do I think s- that'll be successful. Like if they just pick elements, I mean, speaking, than- speaking of the Riddler figuring out Batman's identity, they sort of allude to that in the trailer. Well, that's the big mystery, right? Yeah. So, like, they they allude to him knowing that's Bruce Wayne because, like, there's like that that scene that got released uh, where it was like a car driving into a funeral. Yeah. And like in that scene, the Riddler has attached a bomb to somebody, and it says to Batman, and clearly Bruce Wayne's in the room. Yeah. And so it's like I that's it, that's a, a message, right? In there. another trailer, we I don't know how it fucking works. But in another trailer, you see, I'm pretty sure, Batman in that room talking with the guy in the full suit. Yeah. Well, there and, and then there's, like, the great mystery shot of, like, the trailers where it's, like, Batman talking to somebody behind some glass. Yeah. That's what Who I knows, know. man? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which I Do think you know be, it. We see, the, we see who I assume to be the Riddler getting arrested in the, that's, in the show. That's really where I think it is. I think, well, it would be fascinating if... 
like really playing off him being a genius. Mm-hmm. Like if he is still, if he has just already calculated a sequence of events, mm-hmm. knows it's going to be happening and he's doesn't even have to pull any strings. He just, it's going to happen. Well, it's like, it's like Loki at that point in the in exactly. Avengers, right? He's like, take me. Yeah, take me. I know I've already, I already have a plan. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's unfolding. It's, yeah, it's unfolding. You have to get in front of it somehow. Yeah. And it's, we can sort of, that would also be great for hashing out the detective elements of Batman. Absolutely. Which is something I really want out of this movie and I have been promised. Exactly. I mean, if we can see this like insurmountable mystery where no one's figuring it out, and even with the Riddler behind the bars and he isn't cracking, Mm -hmm. like there's still fucking tragedies happening at every corner and Batman has to figure out what would be wild is if like it's exactly it's something like that yeah. where it's like you know what if the Riddler is the the ultimate red herring in this yeah. where it's like half like not even halfway through the movie quarter way through the movie Riddler's in jail Batman has to go consult him because some other big fucker is like doing something yeah. you know Penguin's Penguin's got his fucking hands into something else and so he's got to chase down some leads I'm still we, wondering what the extent of Penguin's like role is in this movie I know you know even even in the in the fucking trailers we see like the seawalls around Gotham blowing up and water's trying to rush that's into the city what I'm saying dude like, I'm wondering if they're diving into like a you know um what was that fucking storyline that batman storyline it was uh there's like the storyline where batman or gotham gets like fucking shredded basically like it it gets all torn up and like bit you know it's like there's like an earthquake or some like natural disaster that happens and um it just it just goes into anarchy fucking goddamn this plant man. and uh yeah and so like basically like sections of the city like get cordoned off like yeah by, by different people and like i wonder if they're gonna go that route because that would be an interesting follow-up to a movie where like you have to have batman and maybe like introduce a couple other characters who have to like bounce between a couple of villains i mean we haven't even seen the first movie let's not speculate I mean, on a potential sequel yeah <laughs> you know you know who i really want to see Fucking! Uh, I want them to bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mister Freeze. I mean, the multiverse is real. The multiverse is real. They're doing it. I mean, Dude. even if it's not obviously the same character, I just want to see Arnold. It'd be fucking dope. What killed the Ice Age? <laughs> <laughs> or no? What? what Everyone's not the joke. Everyone, like, chill. Yeah, he's like, he's like about to freeze a fossil or whatever. He's like. That's what it is. He's like, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Oh, and then he just like <laughs> freezes everything. That movie is so fucking ridiculous. But it's crazy. I guarantee you that this Batman movie, next Batman movie is going to be like something to definitely fucking watch. It's going to, yeah. it looks gritty and dark and, you know, just I'm, like, just like the Dark Knight himself. There's so much mystery yeah. that's, that's still surrounding the movie to me. Yeah. You know? That despite, I for a while thought that he were doing too many promos, too many teasers, you know? But in in hindsight, they're done putting stuff out. The promotional campaign is live for it, but they're not really showing much beyond what the trailer's already shown. I still have zero idea what the fuck's going on. Oh, yeah. All I, you can do is theorize. Exactly. And, and you know, at this point, like I'm happy to have the just the just that like just some just some mystery because yeah. it'll make the going into that movie all the more fun. Yeah, you know you know Batman you yeah. know Batman as a character. So what the fuck are they gonna do with him? You, you know. know uh, speaking of, well, we can make this the last thing we talk about for the uh, for the um, for the show. But Stranger Things. Speaking of not knowing what the fuck is going on in a, in a show. Yeah, that this this is. I mean, they just dropped a bunch of uh, posters this, yeah. this uh, last week or so. Yep. And 
I think it was the day we recorded the last show. And it's uh it's a mystery. Like one they, of them, one of them is like it looks like I, a, I have all four here. Winona Ryder is in Russia potentially with Hopper. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the fucking uh, the the conspiracy theory guy. I'm forgetting his name. And um, I don't remember his name either. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, yeah, the, the the bearded guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, like everything we've seen from this is like, but so I think disconnected from each other. Yeah. And, well, and, I think and, what's interesting is, and they said this. Uh, in one of them, they attached like a letter from the from the showrunners, mm. and it was like, "This is the beginning of the end. Season five is going to be it. Yeah, we're well, doing two volumes for mm. season four, and it's going to set up the the final sprint for yeah. the show. And and it's like one of one of the volumes comes out. It's like it's like late May and, and then, then another one early in, July. Yeah. So which is which super is cool. Oh yeah, definitely. I I think it's it's gonna it's gonna play into I think the you know the same thing with like the posters like the different parties yeah you know and their storylines i think will come together and and also in that way, to give them ample time as well and so it's it's just a question of so, where yeah. everybody's at i got the four i got the four posters we got we got russia looks like hopper joyce and the the fucking conspiracy theory guy we got 11 in a lab by herself we got most of the kids in the creel house along with steve and uh robin and Nancy, and then we got the California gang, which looks like the buyers and uh, fucking maybe Mike. And then uh, we got uh, there's a poster of all of them together. Yeah, like they're the all connected. Corners. It looks like there's like a some sort of like looks like a portal know. in the middle. It's exactly. like a like a like a trippy house. And so on. that is like that is what I'm wondering is like if is that you know, uh, a nod to like how they are all going to end up kind of getting connected with each other. Yeah. Maybe, you know, some sort of like weird portal that they stumble upon who that knows connects that. them across the world. You know what? I mean, like you know, from California to Russia. Yeah. Uh, fuck man. Who, who am I to say at this point? It's all speculation, man. I think it's what's, all speculation, but what's again, so, like, what's so great about stranger things. And you can actually, I can sort of tie this back to peacemaker to a point. Hmm is there's like Peacemaker, there's a little bit of history to it. He is a character that has been in comics, but like the show itself was relatively original and Stranger Things can take so much inspiration from other like stories and all a bunch of Spielberg films, a bunch of horror movies from the eighties. And like it's borrowing an aesthetic it's borrowing a lot of concepts, but it's creating something new and something that is good and something that's ended up, being relatively original despite using a lot of derivative elements. And yeah. I think it's fucking awesome to hear that what we've talked about before was true. They are getting ready to wrap it up because I'm, I don't think it's going to overstay its welcome, especially with how long it's been between seasons. I think they're really setting themselves up for success here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that, it is. It's we've mentioned it multiple times. It's the smart thing to do, or it's just, uh, you know, End it on a high note rather than uh, letting it just sort of – it's better to burn out than to fade away. It's the Seinfeld thing, you know? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, Se- Seinfeld is like such a such a strange case though if you ask me because that, they didn't end it on like a – the way they, the last episode was was like the weirdness. I think they didn't overstay their welcome necessarily. I think like shows like The Office did, which I hate yes. to say. But you definitively notice the weaker. Well, as soon as Michael like, Scott left, yeah, you def you just notice weaker writing and like yeah. weaker uh, performances and stuff. And like you know, by the time you get to the last episode, you're just like, it just all feels so forced. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and well, I think 
I, and I don't think Stranger Things is going to end up over saying it's welcome. That's why I liken it to Seinfeld. They decided to cut that movie off while, or that show off while it was at the top rather mm-hmm. than wait for it to sort of slowly die and shrivel up yeah. before ending it. I think that's, once again, having a plan, knowing where you're taking it, and just ending it when it's due time. And they even said you can expect to see more stuff from this universe. That I mean, that is the question, though. Like, yeah. I don't know as much as I love Stranger Things. I don't know if I'm like really interested in like auxiliary stories. You, you know, know what I mean? For me, like, for me, it depends. Yeah. If they're gonna, it depends on how much time they take away from the franchise. A lot. I think a lot for me as a viewer um, comes from like following the cast in, yeah. the, in these stories. You know what I mean? And so, like, I mean, you see it with that random Eleven episode. Yeah. It's, Eleven's not a, like, interesting enough character by by herself to, like, make me care about other characters that I've never been introduced to at that point. Yeah. And so it's, I like. I guess that, that episode was very overt. And, and I, I mean, I you can liken that episode to the uh, episode of The Office in season nine where they spend all the episode at Dwight's farm. And, oh, yeah. And you get introduced to more of the shroots. And it's like, I get what you're doing. You're trying to see if this will play. Um, and, and I you know, I don't think there's – that being said, I don't think there's not like a demographic that will be inter- into more Stranger Things auxiliary kind of stories. I just don't – I don't know. Like I, I – I, I'm – happy to see like where they end it here, yeah. you know, and just I think, ride that out. I think if they end stranger things after season five and they give it a few years, you know, let the fan base settle. Don't because I feel like if you do a spinoff, like right after ending something, it can cheapen the thing that came before. Yeah. And I think like you let settle, let it go for a bit. Let the people forget, you know, it'll not, not forget, but let it, let the people like, let, let settle. People will remember it, remember it fondly, and then three, four years down the line, hey, we're doing another live action show. Maybe not maybe not focusing on it, all the same characters, but in the universe of Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I think some people will be into it. It doesn't sound <laughs> that it doesn't sound that appealing to me. Like it's not like I like I said, like for me as a viewer, and that's that's fine. Like there's you know, it's 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 How like what's you? what's cool about being a fan you don't have you know it like i just think it it'll be great to like again just sort of see their conclusion with this like these characters and these people that you've been like following in this like particular universe and yeah what would be great is if the if uh the duffer brothers went on and just did something else you know what i mean well i think i think that's another important element i don't think the duffer brothers should be attached to it if they do another thing no i mean it'd be like let them let them keep going and then let the creative vision of somebody else come and take over. Yeah. Like it'd be great to have them as like consultants for a th- for a project or something, yeah. but you know like give the yeah. actual creative reins to someone else. At that point in time, give somebody who's become a f- who is a fan that like that like has the credentials, you know, to like step up and like include more, you know. God that damn, would be interesting. We have we have so many through lines. That's how you can tell we've been doing this podcast for 98 episodes. Is this 98? No, ninety-seven. Close. It's like somewhere in there. Yeah. Ninety-seven. The like wow, we we say that all the time, whether it's in context of Star Wars or like Harry Potter, in terms of like the the fucking game coming out, where it's like there's a threshold when stuff needs to be left to the fans because they're gonna have more interesting ideas than like trying to force like a corporate entity to crank out season after season. Yeah. Like it's there will be Stranger Things fans, and they somebody will come up with an interesting idea. And if it merits production, it should get made. You yeah, know? definitely. And 
I think you can expand that to a bunch of different things. Well, yeah. And, you know, at, at that point in time, it's literally just up to it's up to the consumer to see if it if it's worth it. You know, exactly. once, once it's made, you know, it's uh, and that's what I mean. Like if they make something, I'm sure I'll watch it, you know. Yeah, give, you got to give everything its fair shake. But like if there's like a, you know, petition going around for like, we need more Stranger Things. Like I won't be one to sign it. You no, know what no, I mean? absolutely. Like, you know, it's like. Absolutely. Yeah. I think but, the Duffer brothers have earned my respect to a point that I will not question their decision to retire the current cast. Yeah. And go on to something. And if there's going to be something, make it be completely new. Yeah. Do some new, fun, awesome work. And yeah. See where else your career takes you. Yeah. I mean, that's always like, you know, the danger. You know, getting stuck with uh, the thing that you were popular for. And then, you know, you end up as a creative. You just end up trapped in, in with those characters. I, I hate to say it. Uh, somebody like uh, Kevin Eastman, the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Like, that's kind of it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I love. And Sensation. And I gush on and I will forever love. And uh, has a huge fan base. It was like the only thing that that guy got known for, yeah. you know, and, and as an artist, you could have done other things, you know, and you just get trapped in there because you keep feeding that, you know, you're like, you're like yes, everybody loves it and I can make money off of it. So I'm just going to keep plugging away. Yeah. Um, that being said, like, by no hate on TMNT or Stranger Things, I just think it, or the Duffer Brothers. Yeah. Or Kevin Eastman, who well, think... seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. But... They're all probably really nice guys, but. Yeah, creative variety, you know? It's like bring bring your uh, artistic hand and your artistic uh, direction to something else. Well, it's just one of those, yeah, you worry about like, like some, like, you know, people like the Duffer Brothers, you worry about them getting stagnant within their own, you know, project yeah. if they get bored and then you just lose the, uh, like, you know, those those creatives. And like, like the, the Game of Thrones guys? Yeah, the, the, what were they, like DB and... Whatever the fuck. Their yeah, terrible like, idea for an alternate history <laughs> show was that's never going to get made, hopefully. Uh, well, there is like a House of Dragon show that's going to get made. No, no, not that. And, they, uh, they're they not they're not doing no, that. No, no, they're, they're... Oh, no, they're not... I, honestly, I've, I've heard that they're not involved in too much right now. They're pit... Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. They're, they're pitched to HBO to do a uh, alternate history show where the Confederacy won. Oh, the civil so war stupid dude i know like, it sounds bad right there's a show on amazon where the nazis won and you know alternate, alternate history, history is very mixed we could we should do it's just it's just fucking boring honestly. that feels like you could find some good stuff for whack arnold it's probably like crazy alternate history shit oh yeah well because i mean there's so it's just it's it's a trope that's just been beaten to, beaten to death it's okay. like and because it's always world war ii like that's the thing. It's always World War Two. It's like, what would happen if the Nazis won instead? Yeah. Oh, they'd probably have vampires and werewolves that are that <laughs> now we have to fight and kill or something. It's like always Dude, stupid it's ass like, shit. You, did you ever watch Fringe? Uh, no. I, oh. I remember I remember checking it out at one point in time and then turning it off. Dude, but, talk but, about uh, they made a joke. Uh, fucking one of the characters in Parks and Rec made a joke about Fringe in an episode I just watched and. Uh, dude, I watched that show a while ago. The first season is like sh- like uh, the first season of Agents of Shield, where it's Monster of the Week, sort of yeah, hopping yeah, around, yeah. Okay. like paranormal crimes. Yeah. And then the end, it's like, oh, the main character went to sleep and woke up in an alternate universe where slightly different events happened, and oh, they're shit. it's it looks like Gotham because there are blimps everywhere, and well, that's kind of interesting. I know, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's fucking bizarre. They tried to make it interesting. <laughs> alternate history is weird. Yeah. We could probably do an episode about bad ultimate alternate history I mean, shows and stuff. There are probably quite a few we could pick out. Did you ever watch Man the High Castle? 
That's the show I was talking about. Oh, yes, that's, yes, that's yes, the Amazon, yes. Amazon did you, show. I was did you watch about. it though? Uh, I remember, uh, like I was just kind of saying there. I, I remember watching a bit of it, like a, a bit of the first episode, by that, and being like, "This looks fucking stupid." I watched the first I, two I, seasons, and then I, I, I just, I just didn't want to watch it anymore. I watched the first two seasons once again with my folks. Uh, only love to them, but they were watching it, so I watched it, and then I didn't watch the the last two uh literally the last season ends with them opening a portal into the multiverse yeah. and connecting all the alternate histories and that's what i mean it's like i just do not care that hard about like a subject <laughs> like that like <laughs> oh it's bizarre yeah. man all right well on that note we're gonna leave it here because there's good episode my friend there's more to look forward to as always well we're getting like we are like maybe like three or four episodes off of doing uh of being at number 100 so we'll do a special we'll it'll come up be, with something it'll be interesting to you know to figure out what we should do for that one for maybe sure. we should dress up for this audio medium there you go it's, uh, <laughs> it's always good to be a little more visual in an audio medium <laughs> but, yeah right. we'll uh we'll leave it there hot dogs you know what Make yourself a corn dog. Listen to Old Heart Radio. There you go. Follow us on all the socials. Go to YouTube. Tell a friend. Or, or an acquaintance. <laughs> See somebody on the street? Yeah. Gra- be like, grab their arm. Say, listen to Old Heart Radio. Yeah. Look them in the eye and say that. Yeah. Like, just that. You need to listen to Old Heart Radio. And then when the police come and ask you why you just yelled, watch Old Heart Radio at that person, tell them to listen to our podcast. Exactly. Have a good day. Later.